Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about how markets are increasingly becoming hyper-local. Global transportation has been the great equalizer, and it's made so many things appear to be commodities. Lack of transportation is one of the reasons why real estate is hyper-local. You can't just pick up an office building that has high vacancy and move it to a place where there's a shortage. In the absence of a differentiated value, the discussion always degenerates to price when you're dealing with a commodity. That's why a pound of sugar tends to cost the same in Portland, Maine as San Diego, California. A pound of sugar is a pound of sugar. There's no real dominant brand in sugar that distinguishes one supplier from another. It's a true commodity. But when we describe real estate, we describe a property in terms of its characteristics, its amenities, and most importantly, its location. Well, yesterday, the futures contracts for oil went into uncharted territory. Some prices went negative. Let me take you through a sampling of the prices. Saudi Arabia, light and heavy oil are both trading in the futures market at $19.07. Oil in Mexico, from the Mayan region, varies in price depending on the destination. If the oil is destined for the U.S. Gulf Coast, the price is negative $1.18. That same oil heading for Asia, then the price is $21.79. The U.S. has so much oil at the Gulf Coast right now, they have no place to store it. North Texas wheat crude is selling at negative $41 a barrel. Arkansas sweet crude is selling for $11.50 a barrel. Central Alberta crude is at $10.93. These prices are all over the place. The only distinguishing factor is location and the local supply-demand balance in the market. The price difference is a reflection of the cost of storage and the cost of transportation to get the oil to where it's needed. We've experienced an unprecedented collapse in global oil consumption in a matter of weeks. When you take transportation systems out of the market, you create inefficiencies all over the place. Those who aren't paying attention will be surprised, and those who understand the relationship between transportation and price will make sense of these inefficiencies in the market. Now is the time to figure out where the supply chain disruptions are happening, and they're all over the place. To try and make sense of this, I attended a private invitation-only webinar where the speakers were Chad Burke, President and CEO of the Houston Port Region Economic Alliance, and Bruce Rutherford, the International Director of Real Estate at consulting firm JLL. This particular meeting focused on the Houston Shipping Channel. Houston is the busiest port in the United States. 10,000 large vessels a year go through the Houston Shipping Channel. In 2020, the volume is already up by 6% so far year to date. There's simply no storage available in the Permian Basin for oil. It was the first time in history when oil prices went negative, and this had to do with the oil contracts that came due on April the 20th. The way these futures contracts work involves the sale of oil at some point in the future, and these contracts change hands many times between the time that they're written and the actual delivery of the oil. As the date draws nearer, the supplier asks the holder of the contract where they want the oil delivered, and in this case, the holder of the contract had no storage and there were zero buyers for the contract, which is why the fire sale prices took place. This lack of storage is why buyers were willing to pay to have someone take the oil off their hands, hence the negative price. May 20th is another contract expiration date, and it really could happen again. Now, in the Houston Channel, 25% of the nation's gasoline comes from refineries in this area, 35% of the nation's natural gas, and 60% of the nation's aviation fuel. This 25-mile stretch has six major refineries. Now they're all operational and some have reduced production. They're looking for further ways to reduce capacity, but that'll only create more of a bottleneck. New York and Los Angeles 
are four ports, and together, all four of those ports only make up 8,000 vessels a year. So those four ports together are still not as large as the Port of Houston. Now, in some areas where there's significant outbreaks, like the New York and New Jersey area, volumes are down. The month of February saw 300,000 containers delivered to customers from the ports of New York and New Jersey. The Port Authority makes a point of stating that they're open and they're keeping supply chains intact. But in the past week, there were only 53,000 containers delivered to customers. It's a big number, but it's only two-thirds of the normal import traffic. So people with oil contracts are looking for any place to store oil. They're putting it in barges on the Mississippi. They're putting it in rail cars. Most ocean-going tankers are double-hull tankers, but there's a lot of single-hull tankers in Europe. These are now being taken out of mothballs, being put back in the ocean, and being used to store crude oil. Daily consumption on a global basis is down by an estimated 27 to 30 million barrels a day. We've seen that drop in demand for nearly a month. The United States still imports a lot of crude oil. The refineries are set up to refine heavy sour crude rather than light sweet crude. And it's that difference that makes it impossible simply to say, all right, we're not going to import any more oil. We still need a lot of that heavy crude oil coming in from the Middle East. One option if we can get the federal government to agree, would be to eliminate the use of the 7% ethanol and gasoline. We don't need to burn all that corn. According to today's webinar, we can expect a significant portion of the 6,000 independent oil companies to go bankrupt or be acquired in a distressed sale. That is over the next 90 days. Now, that oil won't disappear. It's merely going to change ownership. I would not expect to see prices recover to the $50 to $60 range for at least another 18 months. We have to get an economic recovery underway, and we have to burn off that extra 27 to 30 million barrels of oil that we haven't been consuming over the last month. It's going to take a long time to eliminate that surge in supply. We've seen this market inefficiency very acutely in the oil industry, but there's other places in the world where we're going to see similar inefficiencies in supply chains. As you think about that, keep an eye out for where these problems exist. It may be an opportunity for you to solve a real business problem. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.